podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey everyone, before we jump into the show, I just want to talk to you real quick about our new title sponsor, Tix Blitz. They're the official ticket provider for the entire Armchair Media Network. Unlike any other ticket providers that try to sneak in extra fees, unexplained service charges, and all that crap, at Tick Blitz, the price you see is what you pay. Literally, you see it on their website, that's what you're paying. There are no unnecessary fees, and those definitely should not prevent you from seeing the sporting event, concert, or Broadway show of your choosing. You know, you got the Chiefs hosting AFC Championship game. You have K-State heating up. You want to get into the Octagon of Doom. If you're in Kansas City, Hamilton's coming to town because you know your boy likes some musicals. You use Tick Splits, you're not going to have any extra charges. And if you use our promo code right now, Armchair, you're getting 5% off, so you're going to have the best price on any secondary market site. So remember, that's TickSplits, T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Promo code armchair. Guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. And we are back. It's time for another quick take, hot take. This is Scott Wildcat's halftime of the K-State-Oklahoma game. Hoping to be joined by Grant at the end of this game. Fingers crossed. So, halftime. Uh, scores 30-24. to 24. Uh, The quick take of this is holding Oklahoma to 24 points is massive. Um, you know, that's not anything that anyone listening or watching this game doesn't already know. Uh, that's the lowest point total Oklahoma's been held to in the first half of a game this year. Um, I, I don't think there's any way to put it. I tried to come off the K-State has an elite defense take after that Texas game. I wavered on that. Um, shame on me for doing so. The defensive performance that we put out there was one of the most impressive things I've seen so far this year. If Oklahoma wouldn't have gotten hot, you know, had a little mini spurt from three, there was a real chance that we could have held them to under, you know, 20 points in that first half. Um, in, in all honesty, we probably should have. Oklahoma hit, you know, two or three super contested three-point shots right uh, at the end of some shot clocks, I K-State's defensive performance is second to none, and it truly is that defense when they are hitting on all cylinders on that side of the floor that this team can legitimately play with anyone. There isn't a team in the country that we won't at least have a close game with if the defense plays as well as they did. They were switching on ball screens. They were contesting every pass, contesting every shot. That is the type of basketball that I think so many K-State fans are drawn to. So it's There's something that is so attractive about the way this team plays defense uh, that really 
you know, makes you feel connected to this team. Um, rebounding also that, that really is the biggest difference between last year's team and this year's team. They truly are grabbing all sorts of rebounds, not just on the defensive end, but on the offensive end. We're extending possessions. We're getting second and third shots a couple of these times. It's, uh, you know, it truly is something that makes me, you know, a blue-collar type of basketball fan happy to see. Um, We haven't dove into this a ton on the podcast, but I'm not one of the guys that really loves watching the NBA and who really even likes this evolution of basketball. I understand that this is the way this game has evolved. It's, you know, shooting three-point shots and, you know, getting to the rim and running fast. And, you know, that's that's not the type of basketball I want to watch. And I'm not saying folks shouldn't enjoy that. You know, everyone can enjoy their own brand of basketball. But the way K-State plays, especially in this first half, that defense, you know, it – it's the type of basketball I like. That's, you know, what made me so infatuated with some of those Frank Martin teams, the Doberman Cats. So that first half defense, that truly brought forth those feelings again. Um, the hot take for the first half is, uh, you know, rest of the Big 12 needs to watch out if Dean Wade is really, you know, going to play like this. He has 10 points in the first half. He had the first bucket of the game and the last bucket of, uh, for the Cats. He has 10 points already in the first half. Uh, let's see what we got here. So he's four from seven from the field. So he has two of those uh, points from the free throw line, rest from the field. Uh, he only has one rebound, which you know is a little bit surprising for as great as the team rebounded in the first half. Uh, they got 13 rebounds. Uh, and you know what? You know, this is the glory of the quick take, hot take. I thought we rebounded really well in that first half. Well, we actually got out-rebounded 13-17. to So Oklahoma actually out-rebounded the Cats in that first half. But uh, Dean Wade only grabbed one of them. Xavier Sneed, who, uh, you know, he's 0-2 from the field. He only has two points, those coming from the free-throw line. He's leading the team with three rebounds. But, you know, everyone has their rebounds. Uh, Mac has two rebounds and four points. I already said Dean has the 10 points. Uh, Barry Brown, you know, he's coming off of those two massive games. He's following it up with eight points. Cam Stokes has one of the two three-point makes. Uh, the other guy was Mikey McGurl. I tell you what, you know, I again, everyone who's been listening to this podcast since we started it knows that I didn't fully go all in on the Mikey McGurl hype, go all in on um, – the you know all the fanfare that was surrounding him, but man, he has a pretty shot when he's able to take an unrushed shot. It looks like what they would teach you in a basketball fundamental video. Um, so his three came at a big point because we did hit a couple of those little mini droughts. Luckily, we didn't have the full fledged ten minute drought that we've seen a couple times this season. Uh, but we did hit a couple of them. I mean, at one point we were up 13 points and let Oklahoma, you know, cut it down to six before half. This game is not over by any means, but if the defense can hold them to another 24-point half, I have I have enough confidence to think that we can get to 49 points. Um, but again, that that's not how it's probably going to go. I'm anticipating uh, – Oklahoma really turning it on, trying to hit some more of those three-point shots, get to the rim. Um, They have been very poor from the free-throw line. I think they've only hit, 
two free throws, and they shot seven or eight. So uh, very poor from the free throw line. K-State, I believe, went four for four from the free throw line. Uh, You know, that's something that I think is grossly overrated free throw uh, shooting percentage. But in a one-off game in these type of situations, you know, it, it, it could be the difference in the game. Um, I think the bigger key is just to not let Oklahoma get to the free throw line because I think the law of averages will eventually take over. So fingers crossed. Um, you know, Oklahoma's actually in a little bit of foul trouble. They have uh, two guys with two or more fouls. Uh, K-State, we're looking pretty good in the foul trouble. No one with more than one. And that was something that play, has plagued the team at different points this year. So they can really play that balls-to-the-walls defense in that second half and, uh, you know, really try to shut them down again. Um, the biggest concerning thing, though, is, uh, you know, the three-point shooting. We're 25%. We're two for eight from uh, three-point in that first half. If that doesn't improve in the second half, you know, it's going to get close. It's going to get dicey. But outside of that, you know, they're shooting 44% from the field total. So if you take out the three-point shooting, you're 10 for 19 from two, so you know I'll take that. I'll take above fifty percent from two uh, every night. Just gotta hope that you can get that three point shooting percentage around 35, 38, maybe even flirt with forty percent. So hopefully we see that turn around. Hopefully the defense gets going. Uh, Oklahoma did shoot forty three from the field and thirty three from three. So it really does come down to uh, are you going to be able to keep them off the free throw line, and are you going to be able to keep that good defense going? Back of the matter, scoring 30 isn't anything special in the half. The offense, while there were some of those you know, high points, uh, it's nothing that you, you need to be throwing a parade over. Um, all that being said, you know, if Dean Wade can somehow put up another 10 points, if we're ending De- this game with Dean Wade scoring 20, uh, it's going to be tough not to really you know, start celebrating, thinking, hey, it might be back on. So we're going to get back to you after the game is over. We're going to come to you immediately right after the whistle. The whole point of this is to give, uh, you know, emotion in the moment. Hopefully this doesn't take the inverse of the very first quick take hot take where I was ready to end the season at halftime and then I was buzzing when the game ended. I would I, – I, I won't lie to you guys. At this point I'm thinking – we need to win this game. Uh, there is no if, ands, or buts about it. Losing this game would really sting. So I'm hoping I get to be happy and positive writing a three-game winning streak next time I talk to you. Hopefully we're going to get Grant back on. It's been weird going two and a half episodes without him. So fingers crossed we can get him on for the post game. Uh, love you guys. And, uh, yeah, I'll be talking to you in about 15 seconds of audio time in about, you know, an hour in real life. Let's go cats. Let's close this out. back game just ended up and before we get started reminder we're still partnered with my bookie promo code boys 25 getting you that 50 percent deposit uh bonus if you're not riding with us at my bookie yet why the hell not 
win some money. Uh, luckily, because it's been two and a half episodes since uh, Grant has been back on, luckily he is back. Grant, welcome back to the show. We have missed you. Have you missed I've us? I've missed you a lot. First quick take, hot take to be a part of. It's fun. I feel like I'm getting tossed into the fire a little bit. Um, no prep at all, just quick take, hot takes. Let's let's dive into it. Um, yeah. I almost, yeah, I I mean, almost the, didn't make it tonight either, so we got lucky. Well, yeah. I know, and I and I, I kind of I, I won't I won't lie to you. I got a little uh, I got a little bitchy and moany in the text messages because I, I I really did want to get you back on here because uh, you know as things stand right now it actually might look like I'll have my first ever absence from the show uh, on the next episode. So I didn't want to go you know almost four or five episodes without doing something with you. So I'm really glad we can get this together. So as everyone knows. The Cats, you know, had a great second half, ended up winning 74-61. Uh, before we get too deep into the quick take, hot take parts of this, uh, some housekeeping. Barry Brown with his game, he ended up getting 25 points. He went past Cartier Martin for eighth in all-time scoring. And in this exact same game, Dean Wade going off for 20, he passes Mitch Richmond for 11th. So the two guys are really gaining those accolades Let's start with Dean Wade. What do you make from this game? You know, he went from only getting two points uh, versus Iowa State in that win. Big game. He got all sorts of rebounds. But today, although he did foul out and he only got one rebound, he got 20 points. And, you know, my hot take is, you know, the Big 12 needs to be on notice because Dean Wade might end up on the first team all Big 12 team, even with missing those first two games. He was almost unstoppable on the offensive end today. Yeah, totally. And I, little disclaimer, I've only, I only got to see about 60% of the game because I was at work, but I watched a pretty good chunk of it and I saw a lot of Dean. And my first impression was that Dean just came out with, he came out with the wolf attitude. He took our first two shots and he was looking aggressive. It's it's interesting that he only had one board, but 20 points. I mean, he looked comfortable shooting the ball. He he didn't pass up open threes as often as he has been. I mean, it's just a huge huge boost for this team. We've been missing we've been missing that aggressive Dean for really the entire season. Was this his best game? Probably. It, I mean, scoring wise, this is probably the cleanest he's looked all looked all year. And it's I mean, it's incredible to have him back. That's such a huge boost for our team. And one thing that I loved, usually I, I can't stand listening to in-game announcers because usually they're terrible. But the first time I've ever heard this was the law firm, Brown and Wade. That's a great – that is an absolutely great nickname. And is that the, that's the first time I've ever heard it. How long has that been around? I actually haven't heard that at all, so we might have to give some credit to that announcing that's group. That's such a good – I love great. it too. We might have to start calling them that because it truly was – a two-man headliner. I won't say a two-man show, but a two-man headliner because between the two of those guys, it looks like they came up with, what, close to 45 points? 45 points, and frankly, that's yeah. what I expected to see out of these guys this year. Obviously, probably not going to happen every night, but it's good. It's good to see, and you've got some Nostradamus-like <clears throat> predictions going on here. We're three and zero. You're almost you're almost through that stretch where you predicted us being four and zero. But more importantly, you predicted Barry Brown to be averaging twenty four points a game, which is just hilariously accurate. I'm impressed. I know. 
I know, and I wish uh, when I talk about like some of my predictions, I wish I would have gone as far as saying Dean Wade was going to have twenty point game today because I was saying like I think I said like eighteen points, six rebounds, four assists for the game upcoming this weekend versus TCU. I didn't think he was going to be able to get his scoring back so quick, and that's what makes me so excited. Um, if you want to find some negatives, you know he did foul out for the second time this year. He didn't get those rebounds, but I think. What this team truly needs is that second scoring punch. I don't want to take away from this entire game. I don't want to go too Debbie Downer, but if you look at it and say, all right, just say Dean Wade couldn't play, you know, this is his his second game back. Well, all of a sudden you take those 20 points out, you know, it's a totally different game. Uh, You only got, I'm running down the line, eight from McCall Maywean, seven from Xavier Sneed, six from Stokes, Three from a girl, five from Jada. Well, here's the thing. If you're convinced Dean Wade is going to be able to give you this game in, game out, which if he does that, then, you know, look out. I, I truly don't know what game we we aren't going to be capable of winning. But at the same time, if you're going to be that dependent on the, the law firm to get you 45 of your 74 points, that's looking like some of those Michael Beasley, Bill Walker games where it was only those two and nobody else. Yeah, and that that brings up concern, you know, going into next season, what are we going to see? But, you know, we will, I think, eventually start to get typically – we typically get a decent third score. Um, It wasn't really anyone tonight. It was just those two guys, but – you know, typically, if it's not not one of those two guys, it's it's Stokes or or Snead or you know even McGurl or or Jada popping up occasionally. And you know, what let's see, what is the line here? McGurl and Jada only took three shots total, which is interesting to me. Um, McGurl looks to me the only the only shot that I saw McGurl take was the one that he cashed for three, and he's it looks like he's coming into his stroke a little bit better. He's got that quick release down, which I'd like to see. I thought Jada had a pretty good game. He, he what had an assist, four rebounds, only five points, but I guess he did have four turnovers. That's not great. We need to clean that up a bit. But I don't expect to see this kind of this big of a disparity between you know Wade and Brown and the rest of the field. But I mean, if they can drop those points, <laughs> if they can if they can shoot that line. More importantly, eight for fourteen and eleven and nineteen consistently, then. We don't really need that many people to step up. If we can get, you know, if we're scoring 74 points, I'm pretty confident that we're going to win almost any game. Yeah, I, I don't think that there is a many games. I, I won't say any, but I'm going to say I don't think there will be right. many games that we're going to be giving up 70 points. So, yes, if you're going to get 20 from Dean, 20 from Barry, like, do, don't get me wrong. I think that the supporting staff – just did what they needed to do. I mean, if you look at the starting lineup, that that's pretty, you know, evenly distributed scoring amongst the three. Yes, you'd like to maybe see a third guy in double digits, but I think everyone just did what they needed to do. When you have two guys who are going to eat like that, you don't need anyone to truly go off. I was just trying to nitpick because I don't want to go full <laughs> on the other way. I don't I don't want to be saying, oh, hey, we're about to go undefeated. But I will point out, ever since Xavier Sneed went back to wearing his headband, we are 3-0. and So, well, it's, I mean... It's funny. My, my, <laughs> if I'm going to have a quick take out of out of this game, or just a general take, it's that, have have I learned anything? Have, have fans learned anything ever? I mean, it's so funny. 
I told myself once we started this podcast that I would do my my damnedest to not be reactionary. And, you know, I was hitting legitimately hitting the panic button after we after we lost to Tulsa. And I just saw no way back after that def- after that offensive struggle fest going into the conference. We're 0 and 2 and I just saw no way back. And what do you know? I've the pendulum has completely swung to the other side. Now I have to tell myself, look, this is still a very flawed team. We've won three in a row. We've won back to back, back to back on the road against ranked teams. It's just hilarious. I can't control. I can't control either getting so pissed off or being so excited. I don't think I'll ever learn. I don't think fans will ever learn. No, and and, that, and that's what we are. I mean, we are a fan podcast. And, you know, if you can't and, yeah. all of a sudden go, if you can't go all the way uh, uh, the other way two minutes after a a, ba- a second straight road top twenty victory, I mean, I. I don't know. I don't think that's why people if, – if people want level-headed, you know, talk about this game, they know it's it's not going to happen right. here. We, we're excited, and I, I will pat myself on the back because I never went wholesale, burn it down, freaking out during this time. And I, I, I just I just knew that there was too much talent and just, not, just enough, uh, you know, firepower that it, it wasn't going to happen. And I, I, I just can't talk enough about – how awesome it was to see the start of that game and see Dean Wade scoring the defensive performance we down that first half. Because again, Oklahoma, I know isn't the stat that we always talk about, about how we held them to their season low, but we did hold them to their season low on in the first half. And I'm just scrolling through uh, this. Yeah, it is. It's another one of those games where we held them to their season low on offense. I, I, it's just, it's the type of brand of basketball that I enjoy. I said this on the first half of this, and you weren't a part of it, so I'll, I'll say it again to you. This is the type of basketball that I'm drawn to. I don't like the NBA, and I don't even like some of these college basketball teams where it's, you know, chuck it, chuck threes, uh, and, you know, kind of play defense and play games in the 80s and 90s. I know so many folks like that. That's how they get their entertainment. But that's just not what I like to see. This is the literally the perfect game for me as a K-State basketball fan. Scoring 74 points, holding the opponent to their season low on offense, and just dominating the game on defense. I I I did I did come off of that after that the Texas game. I I was saying, hey, we're not nearly as defi- uh, defensively efficient in, in this game as we we try to beat our chest for and oh hey maybe we jump the gun when it comes to our defense but it truly is a work of art seeing these guys hustle get back i mean there was a time xavier sneak turned the ball over at the top of the key he beat his the guy he was defending back to the paint drew a charge and turned the ball over the and got the ball going the other way that's the type of stuff that you can't you know drill into these guys these are the type of intrinsic, you know, abilities and desires that have to just be hardwired into you. And that's something that gets me jazzed for the game of basketball or seeing plays like that, seeing guys that are going to give up their body and just go all out on defense. And uh, again, yeah. you know, here, here's the fan thing about it. You know, I don't, I don't look at anyone in the big 12 and see a team that were, that, that can score on us. I, I legitimately think that we can shut down any team in the big 12 when we play like that. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's another thing. If you're worried about 
you know, scoring disparity. If it's some nights, if it's going to be the Dean, if it's going to be the law firm show, Wade and Brown, I mean, and we, we don't get that, that big third production, that's fine as long as everyone else is contributing defensively. If we can have that, you know, defensive efficiency and defensive intensity every single night, even when we're not scoring, we're going to give ourselves a chance. And, you know, I think we all deep down knew that shots were going to start falling like they did tonight. And look at it. Look at what we're at. We're, we're three in a row, three wins in a row, two two straight on the road against ranked opponents. And it's all, you know, shout out to J-Mart. It is all kind of starting to iron itself out. Again, I don't I don't think it, I was wrong when I said if we lose that things are going to get really toxic. But he was absolutely right when he said that, you know, it things kind of kind of level out. And, yeah, here we go. We're three and two. <clears throat> yeah, it, so we're three and two. We are now third in the conference uh, after, you know, spending a week in the cellar. You're now third in the conference. And if you win on Saturday, all of a sudden you can allow the, you know, the biggest Kool-Aid drinkers to maybe say, you might be able to get back into this Big 12 race. I'm not going to go that far yet. I think Texas Tech and KU are just legitimately good teams, and we already have played Tech once, so you only have one game left with them if you really want to start dreaming. Uh, but if you beat TCU, all of a sudden, right. you, I, I think it's maybe not realistic, but you can get away with having those dreams. Yeah, if we beat TCU on Saturday, Tech is going to be absolutely bonkers and it should be i mean i hope that yeah and i hope that we can be, bring a ku-esque crowd i mean we used to do it occasionally against big teams but i just feel like we've never really brought it against tech we've always brought it against texas when they were decent we always bring it against ou when they're good we always obviously bring it against ku let's bring that bring the doom against against texas tech we have to it's gonna be a huge game Yes, and it will be the first game with the students back because that is the first day of the spring semester. Um, I'm I might try to make I might try to make it down there for that game. Oh, I might go to that I'm game. A, who knows? Well, I yeah, who knows? And it, it might it might get interesting. I don't know how we're, we'll pull off the quick take hot take for that game, but we will figure it out. Damn it! Is that, um, I, I do want to Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Tuesday. I think Tuesday, I, I, think I get off game. at three thirty. It would be tough, but it's doable. Depends on how bad well, like the weather is. I'm sure we're getting pissed on from everywhere, so who knows? Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out. I do want to give a, a call back to the first half of this. I was talking about rebounding. I'm looking at the stats. We ended up winning the rebounding battle, 30 to 28. I thought we rebounded a hell of a lot better than we actually did in the first half because I was looking at the stats and said, "Oh shit." You know, we got out rebounded, but that wasn't the case after the entire game. And then we got that three point shooting. It was 25% uh, through the first half. I said, hey, I want to just get it up to the mid 30s. Well, we got it up to 45 and a half when we ended up shooting 50% from the field for the entire game. You know, this is this was the perfect K State game. Um, when you look at the macro level stuff, yes, there's small little stuff you can nitpick, and we did do that. But if you sat down and said, Hey, th- this is th- this is the type of game you want to play. Score in the seventies, hold your opponent to low sixties, and hit forty percent plus from three. I mean, this is this is about as good as it gets. Could not agree more. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I don't really have any hot takes. I feel pretty good. I did say recently on the pod, I'll give myself a pat on the back. The last time that we recorded together, I said Dean Wade's going to come back and he's going to perform at that All Big Twelve level. 
and boom, he did it second game back. And the most amazing thing is there is he is nowhere, nowhere near 100%, and we get 20 points out of him on the road against a top 20 team. That's, I mean, what he's a ridiculous player. Top 20 team, and they were a top 10 defensive efficiency team coming into this game. So it's not like they were a bunch of scrubs on defense coming into this game. So um, we're going to wrap up this game. Let's just talk real briefly. Uh, TCU on Saturday, what do you want to see from that game? Uh, I, I, I honestly, the only thing I really want to put out on paper of what I want to see is just Dean Wade continuing to get his feet under him and have another big game and just build on top of it. Is there anything specific you're going to be looking for on Saturday? I want to keep that keep that consistency with the law firm going when those two guys are, are firing together. Not a lot of teams are going to be able to keep up with that. Um, most thing, I mean, most importantly, I just want to see, give me a good crowd. Give me some, give me that defensive intensity, make it hard for TCU to score. Just like we do game in game out. That's what we need. Play our strengths, be the elite defensive team that we keep talking about. The shots are going to fall. I think we have that confidence. I think we'll be all right. Perfect. Before we sign off, let's just uh, touch on a couple like small things with football. Um, Alex Delton looks like he won't be at TC or at UTEP. He's going to TCU after a little bit of initial chatter of us blocking the transfer. It looks like we are going to just let that go through. Um, it doesn't change anything of what I said when he made his official uh, announcement of transferring. I still wish nothing but the best for the guy. Um, it's going to make that game versus TCU, uh, you know, a little bit more exciting. Uh, outside of the game versus us, I hope he has a very successful senior year. I mean, I could could not agree more. I think it'll be pretty interesting depending on, you know, how good we are at the time. I always like playing TCU. I am actually bummed that it's not on a Thursday night because I know a lot of people who have put were, were excited about that, but we just lack night games so much that I was looking forward to having a conference night game. But maybe if we're both decent um, – it, it can get a night slot, probably not, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's all I have to say about that. All right, and then uh, Todd Manichino, Manichino, whatever. Right. Uh, the you know the Italian stallion. He has a defensive coordinator stint similar to that of Rex Ryan, and uh, I think it was Andy Ludwig who was the offensive coordinator for a couple uh, months when Snyder came back uh, this most recent time. Uh, so he's gone. We're going to have to look to find a new defensive coordinator. I don't want to burst too many bubbles, but uh, all the salaries have been released. And uh, Blake Seiler actually is making less than Klanderman and I believe, uh, is it Malone? There's one other. Probably. One other Van defensive Malone. coach. Well, yeah, I think it was Van <clears throat> Malone. So he was making less than both of those guys. So I don't think that. Blake Seiler's truly in consideration to reprise his role as defensive coordinator. So I would look for, you know, something coming from the outside. Again, don't want to burst anyone's bubbles, but, uh, you know, if I'm putting on my thinking cap, that's what uh, all signs point to. I think Scotty Hazleton at Wyoming is the name to watch. Uh, But as more news breaks on that, I'm sure we will touch on it. Yeah, I think we need to give a shout-out to Bruce for, you know, kind of sticking it up our craws um all the people that jumped ship early saying i told you so bruce is a habitual loser i mean he absolutely turned it around um there's obviously a lot 
a lot, a lot, a lot left to play. But, you know, we, the boys didn't panic. They kept shooting. They kept doing what they knew no works. And here we are. We're 3-2. and two. It's good stuff. Let's keep it rolling. Yep, massive game on Saturday. If you have the ability to get out there, cheer them on. I know it's going to be bad weather, but if, if you can get out there, make sure to cheer them on. You win that game, all of a sudden Tuesday night versus Texas Tech becomes a massive, 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 massive game. Keep the good times rolling. Yeah. Uh, we love you guys. Um, if I'm not going to be able to hop on the weekend show, um, right. I it'll – It'll be weird, but I think you have something up your sleeve, and I think it's yeah, we'll be, be we'll be all right. I I'll be doing it. And I'll have a guest on familiar. Um, I mean, probably probably just Matt Hall. I mean, not sure he might be able to get someone else on with us. Um, I really really want it to be in person because I hate doing all these Skype shows in a line because they're just the quality's not as good. But if it if it's if it's got to be a Skype show, that'll probably be one of our. We should be able to record in person fairly soon I'm, I'm not sure but it'll be a good one um go chiefs go cats good times meet me at the cathead yes sir sports social podcast network